Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Today I'm celebrating the 250th episode of the Relationships Made Easy podcast, and I am closing out our fifth season with some big love. Today, you're going to learn one of the foundations of a happy, fulfilled life, rich with confidence, connection, ease, and that is resilience. The good news is that resilience is a skill you can learn, and people in resilient relationships report more ease, satisfaction, contentment, physical health, and connection. So hang out with me today while I break down what resilience really is, why you need it to be happy, and my top tips for making it happen. I'm Dr. Abby Medcalf, and I'm a practicing psychologist, number one Amazon best-selling author, TEDx speaker, and all-around relationship maven with over 35 years of experience helping people just like you. Join me as I teach you actionable tips and strategies to create connection, joy, and ease in all your relationships. So let's get to it. Hey there, welcome back to the podcast. Oh my gosh, I can't believe, can't believe ending the fifth season of the podcast. When I started this, there was like, I think 10 people listening. <laughs> I think most of those are family members and here we are with tens of thousands of you listening and it's just, ah, oh, what a gift, what a gift. So I was, you know, I wasn't trying to put too much pressure on myself, but I thought, what is a really great topic that I haven't covered in a long time that I could, you know, kind of come back to and re-energize and re-talk about? And resilience was the one that I realized lately I've been talking to my clients a lot about. And I usually take that as a tip that that's something that's, you know, uh, important in the world right now. Uh, my clients are like kind of a microcosm of all of you in different ways. And so uh, this seemed like the best topic to um, close out the year. So here we go. Let's get to it. Well, first of all, I know you're, you're probably asking, well, is resilience really that important, Abby? Like, what's the deal? Yeah, it is. <laughs> 
So resilient people feel good about the relationships and their lives as a whole. They cope better with money issues, uh, with health crises. And by the way, I will link to all the research on this later. Uh, they cope better with fertility and child rearing. They do better with mental health issues like PTSD, depression, and anxiety. Again, all of the research will be linked in the show notes. So if you want to get down, I got a lot of research for this episode, you can get down there. And there's also a, a bunch of research showing that even after experiencing tragedies and hardships, resilient folks have reported better relationships, more self-confidence and strength, even when they're feeling exposed and vulnerable, hello, a more developed uh, sense of spirituality, an increased sense of self-worth, and an overall appreciation for life. Now, I don't, yeah. I, I don't know why you wouldn't want all of those. So, <laughs> and I, I want to throw in, you know, resilient work. I'm going to talk, I'm talking about resilience in your life in general, but it works for couples too. Resilient couples have confidence that they can get through the tough times or whatever conflicts uh, may arise. So really they're less stressed, they're closer, and they're more comfortable with one another. There's, there's a deep trust there. So true intimacy and emotional closeness, of course, is higher. In fact, resilient couples come through difficult times stronger and closer than they were before it started. They learn, they learn from what's hard and use it to make their foundations stronger. So again, I'll link to all the research, but that is what we know, I know. So again, you wanna listen today. And I have a lot of tips. <laughs> so, you know, no worries. I always, I always bring the goods, right? So what exactly is resilience? So I wanna start with that. Resilience is a skill. You're, you're not born being resilient. That's not how it really works. And like any skill, it has some main components. And the more you practice and get good at the core components of resiliency, the more resilient you're gonna be, right? Now, so psychologists, mental health professionals define resilience as the process of adapting well in the face of adversity, trauma, tragedy, threats, or significant sources of stress, like uh, family and relationship problems, serious health problems, workplace uh, issues, financial stressors, all that. So to me, the real win with resilience isn't just about the ability to you know, bounce back, but really the way I grow and my clients grow and learn from the tough crap that happens that because it's going to happen right it's obviously it's not like i'd wish bad things on myself right duh but since things happen what what did i learn it also helps me get through the next tough thing because i can remember that i did it before so i can do it again and and then i end up feeling empowered instead of exhausted or hopeless so that becomes its own positive cycle instead of getting caught in a negative cycle when shit hits the fan being resilient isn't about, I want to be clear, ignoring the bad and just focusing on the good. Like, and I, I hear that sometimes from folks, you know, like you're just being Pollyanna. No, no, no. I, I see. It's about, this is about leveraging. This is about leveraging your negative thoughts and feelings and creating positive adaptations to the negative stuff. 
that will eventually happen because that's life. Negative things will happen. So it just is. Adversity is going to come your way. So it's not, it is about totally identifying it, totally seeing it, and maybe crying a little in your milk for a while until, I mean, your milk, <laughs> whatever you drink. I like milk. Is anybody else there still drink milk? I'm an adult who drinks milk. I, I like it. I I, I don't have a ton because I weigh a ton, but um, I like a little glass of milk. I usually have it around before bed. It's like a little treat. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> so if you're crying in your milk or whatever, yeah, you're allowed, okay? Whatever you're drinking, you're allowed to cry into it. I, that's not my issue. It's when people then use that to color their entire lives, to say that everything sucks, to go down the negative rabbit hole. There's no usefulness there. So, you know, if I see that my butt has gotten too big for my pants... Instead of getting depressed, I get, I try to get fired up and start working out harder because I know I can change my butt. I know I can. It's harder now that I'm, women, can I, can I have a raise of hands if you're over 50? <sighs> I swear I'm eating a 10th of what I used to eat <laughs> and barely, you know, keeping things in line, keeping everybody in check. It's very annoying. Anyway, uh, that's resilience. It, you know, it's when you argue with your partner for the hundredth time about their drinking, but instead of feeling hopeless that nothing will ever change, you get yourself to therapy, you start going to Al-Anon, you know what I mean? That's what I'm talking about. It's when your boss is an asshole again, instead of going in the downward spiral of negativity and despair, you think about what you need to learn from this relationship and start working on your resume tonight, right? Start making some calls, start talking to some people. I think my, my favorite quote of all time about resilience comes from Mark Manson. I'm sure you've seen his stuff or read his stuff, but he says it's <laughs> it's turning lemons into a fucking pina colada. That's what he says. <laughs> so, you know, it's a good one. Okay, so let's get to it. What are the, there's really four main, again, from the research, there's four main components of resilience. And I'm gonna teach you, I'm going to teach each one right now, and I'm going to give you tips and ideas for how to incorporate each tip, each uh, component into your daily life. Because why? Because I love you. You know, I love you. So I'm giving you the, I'm giving you the thing. I'm giving you the what. And, and, you know, to show your love for me, if you're watching me on YouTube right now, if you could subscribe to the channel, if you could like the video, maybe leave a comment. I do have another fabulous shirt on, as I'm known to do. Uh-huh. Uh, another black one. I wear a lot of black shirts. I got a lot of those. Okay. Uh, you could leave a review of the podcast. You could, you know, you could rate it on Spotify. You could do these things to show the love back. Just saying. You don't have to. I still love you. And we're in a relationship. It's okay to reciprocate. Bring it back. You, I give, I try to, you know this, I try to make every single podcast something you would pay money for and you don't have to pay a thing. <laughs> you could buy my stuff. You could buy my fabulous Amazon number one bestselling book. You could do things like that, but you don't have to. And that's always my goal is that you walk away feeling like a better ver version of yourself. Like there's hope, like you have actionable tips and that you just, and you, you pay that forward in your life. That's what I'm looking for. Okay. Anyway, let's get to it. 
So number one component is people connection. So people, again, of resilience. When they look at resilience through the research lens and they see what are the people who are resilient, what do they have? They have mostly have these four components and number one is people connection. And I talk about non-connection all the time. It's my jam. It's one of the, but, and it's one of the best predictors of resiliency in children and adults. It's connecting to other people. Now, I want to be clear, there are lots of ways to connect and, and there's lots of people to connect with. There, it's not, this isn't a one size fits all thing. So, I'll, I mean, I'll start with your partner, you know, uh, and we'll go from there, okay? Because we'll talk about all connections. But I'd say the easiest way, my best tip to connect with your partner, but I'm going to say it's everybody to connect with people, but let's start with your partner is to focus on bids. Now, I've talked about bids a lot. Uh, this is the work of John Gottman, a famous marriage researcher in New York. I, I will link to in the show notes, the, or you could put in bids as a key phrase and Abby, and you'll see. Um, it's, it's really important. Bids are really important. And uh, but I'll recap really quickly. It's, it, a bid is basically noticing any time that your partner or another person makes a bid for your attention and then you answer it in some way. So if your partner says, oh my God, this cat video is so funny, you know, don't roll your eyes. Instead, walk on over and watch it with them. <laughs> if, if, you're, uh, if your partner says, hey, try this sauce I'm making as you walk into the kitchen, don't dismiss them with, you know, oh, I'm sure it's good and walk out of the kitchen. Go in there, taste it, make those mm noises, those appreciative noises. If your partner says they want to talk, you guessed it, give them your full attention and talk. And again, you can use bids everywhere. So, you know, your kids, siblings, parents, friends, work, make plans to connect with them. Whether, again, you can answer a bid when they ask you, hey, you want to go for a walk? Did you want to play tennis? Hey, mommy, look at this thing I did. If you answer the hey mommies every time or the hey daddies, you'll be exhausted. So I understand that you can't answer every bid that your child <laughs> makes if they're young. But it's, I got to tell you, I got teenagers. They don't ask me to look at their stuff so much anymore. Try to enjoy it. Anyway, you know, but you have these people in your life, make plans to connect with them. That So again, that could be joining in on that coloring book with your five-year-old. That could be shooting some hoops with your brother. That could be getting on a Zoom happy hour with your best friend who just moved away, who moved far away. Any of these things. There are so many ways to connect. Uh, volunteering, obviously, is a great way. If you're someone who feels very lonely in your life or you don't feel like you have many people in your life, volunteer. Go volunteer somewhere. You're going to meet people. Uh, think of one thing you love to do. If you like running, join a running group. Do a meetup. You know, we have meetups here in the United States. I don't know what you have other places. but you know, uh, there's there's always like a way in. For those of us in recovery, we got 12-step meetings and there's other support groups depending on your particular struggle. There's always a support group. Check in with your insurance company. Check in with your, uh, uh, I'm telling you, your insurance companies love for you, here in the United States anyway, love for you to go to support groups because it means you're not going to like need to pay for other bigger therapy. So they love that stuff. Um, depending on your, you know, your town, whatever, start your own, start a book club if you don't have one, uh, or try to join one if you don't, but you know, 
anything that'll bring you closer to those you care about or people or bring you into situations with people you don't know so you could maybe have relationships you could go to your local temple church mosque get connected there are so many many ways so think about it think about how you might do that okay Component number two of resilience is, that is seen a lot is some sort of physical well-being. So feeling strong in your body and mind will absolutely help you feel more resilient. Now, I, I'm not saying you got to be a CrossFit junkie, you know, who only eats bark and, you know, vegan, but it does mean that you need to take a minute and be respectful of your physical well-being, which obviously is very tied to your mental well-being. Eating junk food constantly isn't respectful. Being so out of shape that you make lots of noise when you get off the couch isn't respectful. And I'm going to admit right now, I make some noise when I get off the couch. Um, but I don't make a lot of noise. I just make little noises. And, and you know, I'm pushing 60 here. So, like, I give myself a little break. Uh, <laughs> ignoring your need for sleep, not respectful. Not taking breaks during the day and working nonstop, not respectful. Smoking whether that's pot or tobacco or whatever, not respectful. Drinking too much booze, not respectful. See where I'm going? I didn't say drinking any booze. I didn't say smoking any pot. I didn't say, you know, like, you know, moderation, right? Thinking about things. How much am I doing? Is it too much? How do I feel the next day? Am I only using it for escape? Am I using it so that I don't notice that I have aches and pains? Again, I'm not talking about needing to be on some strict diet or, you know, boot camp workout regime, although that's fine. If that works for you, go ahead. I, I'll try not to hate you. <laughs> I'm talking about being mindful and kind to your physical needs every day or as consistently as possible. I'm talking about paying attention to your body and what your physical needs are. It's so interesting when kids are little, we that's all we do is pay attention to their physical needs, right? Getting changed, um, you know, changing their diapers, making sure they're fed, getting enough sleep, like, hello, same thing now. Hopefully you don't have to change your diapers, you know? But, uh, but no, hey, no shade if you do. Uh, I, you know what I'm saying? Like, what is it that happens that we spend so much time paying so much attention because we know how important it is you don't want a grumpy toddler. You want them to take that nap. You want them to get a good night's sleep. You want them to, you know, eat, make sure you're not feeding them tons of sugar. You, you know, it doesn't mean you never give your toddler sugar, but you don't make it a, you know, every meal thing because we know, right, that th it has negative consequences. Well, what the fuck, people? Like, what? Why do we not think that for adults? What is the problem? Of course you need all that. We have so much research and so much evidence showing that if you pay attention to this, you will feel better. So, you know, just start anywhere, walk around the block once a day, you know, get out there and move. Uh, ask yourself, you know, how's your sugar intake? Are you drinking too much? How many hours of sleep are you getting? You know, ask yourself some important questions. I actually, personally, I don't, I don't diet. I, I have never found that helpful. I, I used to when I might, you know, <clears throat> growing up years, although I'll tell you, I look back and when I used to think I needed to diet and I want to really just smack my younger self, I looked, I looked good. People, I look great. My boobs were where they're supposed to be. My ass was where it was supposed to be. I've always been curvy, but who doesn't like some curves? Like, what the hell? I have no idea why I thought 
<laughs> I needed to diet or whatever. I was, you know, I was athletic. I, I was fine. I, I was always maybe a little thicker than the next girl, but I, I, I looked good. I was healthy. I, oh my God, I, I, I kill now for that. Anyway, don't diet. Like, you know, I, that's not my thing to tell, you know, when I have clients who get all into that stuff, I try to really pull them back when they're like, I'm going to start going to the gym. I'm like, you know, just, could you just take a walk after dinner? Just that. If you walk after dinner consistently for a month, then join a gym. But if you're not, or before dinner, you know, I don't know when it's dark where you are, if it's safe or whatever, but you, you hear what I'm saying here, right? If you start doing those one things, great. Then you get some momentum going, then join a gym because you might actually do something. But otherwise, what are you doing? Just, I say with, again, with so much love, it's just, if you've joined a gym before and you haven't worked out, don't just go join a gym again. It's not gonna be magical this time. Do something else first. When I've noticed that I, you know, tack on a little extra weight, which I recently did, I, you know, I, I start, for me, I start focus on adding healthy foods first. That's how I do it. I focus on drinking more water and making sure that I have healthy foods in the day. And of course, this kind of naturally makes the bad foods stay away <laughs> a little more. And I shouldn't say bad food, there's no bad food, right? But for me, I do love sugar. I like a little sugar every day. And I'm lucky enough that I can eat like I'm that person that you hate that eats like one piece of chocolate and I'm fine. <laughs> I tend to have smaller portions, although I could eat all day, just small portions all day. But anyway, um, but for me, that works. You know, you have to figure out what works for you. But I, I just know that that very penalizing, nasty mindset that I used to have around food made for a very bad relationship with food. And today in my life, I feel like I have a good one. And yeah, so that does mean sometimes I gain a little weight, sometimes I lose a little weight, but you know, there's not, there's no, nothing too big there. And I, I would just ask you to look at having a healthy relationship with the food and, and your movement in your life and figuring out, you know, hey, you could do the people connection one and ask your neighbor to go for a walk every day. That would be people connection and physical well-being. Ha ha ha. You know, for me, if I start restricting my food too much, I get crazy. But again, do what works for you. Do what works for you. Uh, some people have eating disorders, other things. I, I'm, not, I'm not trying to, you know, jump in there. You, you already know, but you already know what doesn't work for you. So stop doing the things that don't work. Okay, I will say that. So, and you got to keep your mind in line. I know that I'm saying physical health here, but calming your mind is so important and will help you not overeat and will help you, you know, be mindful in the moment to go for a walk or do the thing. Did you ever tell yourself, oh, I'm going to start walking tonight after dinner and then it's four days later and you're like, oh my God, you like totally forgot to start walking after dinner. Yeah. Getting mindful will help. Calming your mind is, is, it's really key to finding the space to act and not react to, you know, situations to people to events in your life there's nothing better and quicker than focusing on mindfulness and making it a daily habit so download my mindfulness starter kit it's free <laughs> do whatever you have to do but start working on that and you know the other thing i do to keep my life feeling calm and to help me put things in perspective is to lighten the fuck up life does not need to be so heavy oh i'm swearing today i'm saucy i'm saucy I'm saucy today. It's my 250th episode. That's right. Lighten the heck up. <laughs> you know, life doesn't need to be so heavy. I try to look for the joy and humor as often as possible. It is so much easier to bounce back when there's some lightness. 
and a, just something. Humor always helps keep things in perspective. It helps me. It helps my clients. I use humor with my clients a lot to just not to be flippant about their issues or what's going on, but to be mindful and loving about what's going on. To to There's always a space. I mean, obviously, if your dad died yesterday, I'm not expecting you to have a lot of humor about it today, but eventually, you know, after a little while, it's, it's, you can rank on your dad a little bit, you know, still have that relationship with him. It's, it's a beautiful thing. Joy, laughter, they're, they're loving. That's a love-based part of your brain. How is that not wonderful in any situation? For me, it really helps me feel differently in a, a situation and I can be more resilient when the tough stuff comes up. When I have a little lightness, you know, it helps me get out of that all or nothing thinking or thinking the world is out to get me in some way. You know, I, I get this a lot from clients. It's like, please, please, the universe is too busy to try to trip you when you're walking to the kitchen. That's, that's not what it's doing. That's not God or Allah or anyone else. You know, this is not what's happening. <laughs> so, and I, I say a lot, you know, your expectations and your perceptions in a given situation are almost always the thing making you unhappy and feeling defeated. You know, you can't change what's happening likely, but you can always be in charge of how you respond to it, of your expectations, of what you think about it, of your perceptions. So, okay, that's two. Three, component number three for resilience is healthy thinking. So that kind of comes right into it, right? So calming your mind, like I just said, is great. But what happens next? Getting calm doesn't mean negative thoughts stop. In fact, you know this, sometimes when you're quiet, those thoughts get the loudest. So you've also got to work on changing. So in 12 steps, we say, and you know, in the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous and all that, we say you have to change your stinking thinking. And I, I do love that. I, I, you know I love those little 12 step things. They work everywhere. So you gotta change your, your stinking thinking. And there are a few tools I want to mention here to help you change the way you think. And I want to start with uh, the first tool I want to say is learning to be more optimistic. So uh, Dr. Dennis Charney, he's at the was at the Mount Sinai School of Medicine, and I don't know where he is now. Uh, 
Dr. Charney, I don't know where you are. Are you alive still? I don't even know. I, God forbid. I, I'm sure you're healthy and well, but uh, I didn't, usually I look it up right before I do the podcast and I forgot. So I'm sorry. But Dr. Dennis Charney was, or maybe is, at the Mount Sinai School of Medicine. And when there, he studied a large group, he and his colleagues studied a large group of Vietnam War veterans who had been prisoners of war for at least six years. Okay. So, these are men who'd survived some really fucked up stuff, prisoner of war during the Vietnam War for six, six years or more. And although these men had survived things, right, you can't even imagine. So unspeakable torture, solitary confinement, working till their, you know, all the things. He found that they were remarkably resilient. And, and this is unlike a lot of other veterans who often develop things like who are in these, you know, uh, who develop things like post-traumatic stress disorder, severe depression, drug and alcohol addiction, anxiety, right? Unlike a lot of those, you know, a lot what commonly happens with vets, these men didn't. So Charney and his colleagues, they were, as you might imagine, they're like, what's the secret sauce? And they conducted extensive interviews and testing with these men to see what made them different? And they identified 10 characteristics that set them apart. And the top of that list were optimism, altruism, having a sense of humor, like I just mentioned, and having meaning in their lives. And I'm going to, I'm going to get to, I already talked about some of that, but, uh, optimism was far and away the most important of everything in being resilient and having a different outlook. Having a positive outlook is the most important predictor of resilience. End of. Tons of research on it. Include I just gave you this, but there's tons of it. Again, linking in the show notes. So when things happen to you, here's the deal. When things happen to you, you have an internal dialogue. You have a way of explaining the event to yourself. And Martin Seligman out of the University of Pennsylvania, who, who's known as kind of the father of optimism research, he label the, he calls these explanatory styles. And um, I'll link to his books, but you can look up Martin Seligman, he learned optimism, change your mind, change your life, blah, blah. He's, you know, he's the guy. Uh, so for, so these explanatory styles, how that internal dialogue is always running in your head. So for example, let's say, you know, you're brushing your teeth in the morning and you spill some toothpaste on your shirt, right? So one internal dialogue might be, oh my God, I'm such a klutz. I'm always doing stuff like this. What's wrong with me? Oh, my day's going to be ruined now. I'm going to be late. Every Now the whole, I can see things happen. You could see bad things happening all day, right? That's one way to explain that to yourself. Or you might think, oops, oh, I guess, okay, let me just go change into my blue shirt. Oh my God, I look so much better in my blue shirt anyway. I don't know why I didn't think to wear that. And don't think again about it the rest of the day. You don't think it colors your whole day. You don't think your whole day is going to suck because you spilled toothpaste on your shirt. You're not, you don't think you're a klutz. Do you see the differences? These, it's the same thing, spilling toothpaste, but it's how you explain it to yourself. It's how that internal dialogue goes. So they're both ways of explaining, you know, the toothpaste, but, but they have, but there's such different explanations and they're going to affect your self-concept differently. You know, thinking you're a klutz and what's wrong with me. And I always have bad luck. That's a self-concept versus right. Having a different self-concept. So learning to build optimism is a key to being more resilient. 
all right? And learning to get hold of these explanatory styles is a key. Now, something I haven't talked about in a long time that I have on the website is I have an Optimism Jumpstart Workshop, which is free. It's absolutely free and it's a thing. So what you would, what you're going to do, I do a training on there. It takes about an hour. So you got to give yourself like an hour, maybe a little more. And I train you and I, you can download the actual optimism test that Seligman uses to test people's optimism. And that's what you do. And you're going to score it. And I teach you how to take the test, how to score it. It's, I think, kind of fun to take. Pessimists hate it, but everybody else loves taking it. And I, I sort of go through your thinking. And what I love about the test is it's not just a way to go, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic or I'm pessimistic, because there's different... Seligman talks about different explanatory styles. There's not just one way we talk in, to, in our heads to ourselves. There's many, there's three ways. And so what's great about the test is it scores you on all three ways. So you actually might be optimistic in certain situations and pessimistic in others. So it helps you really like narrow down so that you can get very specific with what you work on to be more optimistic. Okay. And I want to be clear, it's not bad to be pessimistic and good to be optimistic. We just know that scoring higher on optimistic scales in general means more resilience, happier life, all the things. Being super too optimistic, which you can be, is never good. Just like being too pessimistic is never good. So there's 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 a lot of gray area in there and I explain it all in the Optimism Jumpstart Workshop. So it's on the shop page of my website, abbymetcalf.com forward slash shop, or just click on the tab. You do not have to pay for it. You do not have to put in a credit card. I'm not being sleazy. I'm not being weird. You know this by now, Two, five years in. If you don't know I'm not sleazy by now, I don't know how to help you, okay? Of course you can spend money on things with me, as I've always said, but you don't have to. So what it will do, as you should know by now, when you download something from me that's free, it will put you on my weekly love letter list. And what you know what this is? It's a weekly love letter. I'm not selling you anything. You're not going to get 50 emails from me. You're not, no, I'm, I'm, you're on the love letter list once a week. It comes out on Wednesdays. It has for years. And it's just meant to inspire you every week with a short story that I write up. And I, there, people really like this love letter. So I'm telling you, most people open that email. The majority of people I send it to open the email. Uh, and you can just unsubscribe if you don't like to get inspired during the week. Okay. Unsubscribe. I'm not going to know. There's thousands of people on there. I'm not, I'm not going to know if you unsubscribe. I promise. It's okay. So check out the Optimism Jumpstart Workshop to really shift your resilience. Why not make, uh, you know, I'm taking two weeks off from the podcast after this. Why not do that next week instead of listening to the podcast or one of the next two weeks? How do you like that? There's the love. Oh yeah. Okay. Another way, uh, another tool is to think about this idea of correct or effective. I talk about this one a lot. You know, you've got to decide in all your interactions if you want to be correct or effective, you know, maybe happy or right, correct or effective, because you can't be both. You can be correct that your partner should be willing to go to therapy with you, but nagging them, right? But you've been nagging about them, them about it for a year and they haven't wanted to go. So you're not being very effective. You want to think about how to be effective in situations. If your partner won't go to therapy, maybe you could go and work on yourself. You could investigate other ways to make changes in your relationship that don't rely on your on their on your partner's actions. Gasp. I know. <laughs> I wrote an Amazon number one best-selling book on this topic, how to be happily married even if your partner won't do a thing. 
So <laughs> you can buy that. There's a lot of things you could do, right? So focus on being effective, not correct. The other thing is to take full responsibility. And this leads beautifully into my, right? This is my next tip for healthy thinking, which is that you got to take full responsibility for your life, the whole thing. How do you know you're doing that? Because you're not doing any of the unhealthy behaviors that I've taught before where I use the acronym VERB. I've used different acronyms. I change it around a lot, but VERB, V-E-R-R-B. Don't be a victim. That's the V. Don't act entitled. You can't read anyone's mind or expect them to read yours. The other R, that's two R's. The other R is wait, don't wait to be rescued. And the B is blame, right? Don't blame anyone else for your lot in life. Taking full responsibility for your life, that's at the heart of resiliency. So when you're not acting like a victim, when you're not blaming, when you're not expecting and feeling entitled, when you're not expecting everyone to read your mind or come rescue you from the you know depths of your despair, it all adds up to making you, you taking regular action to move towards your goals. Because when you're not doing those things, guess what? It's all on you. So there's no waiting for someone else to do anything, right? You, you think of the one thing you can do, that one action you can take, I don't care how small it is, to move towards where you want to be and how you want to feel. That's, that's how you do it. Okay. So those are all my tips, right? For component three and, and, and your mind, how to deal with you know having this healthier mind. Component number four of resilience is meaning, okay? This is last but not least. So if you want to be more resilient, you've got to find meaning in your world. You do. So obviously, you know, helping others and volunteering is an easy way to get this job done. When I'm upset, when things don't feel like they're going my way, nothing helps me get my head out of my ass more than helping other people. I'll tell you that right now. Um... I mean, talk about a quick way to put things into perspective and stop taking myself and my life quite so seriously. There's always bigger fish to fry, always. And, and this doesn't mean, again, there's no toxic positivity here. This doesn't mean that you don't feel bummed, hurt, angry, upset. Of course, it just means you don't wallow in it. I want you to feel all the feels. I want you to really go there. But after you've gone there, you can't stay there. It's time to reframe a bit. I've talked a lot about reframing before. Finding meaning for what's happening is an important way to bounce back from the bad stuff that happens. The meaning might be something, it could be spiritual or religious for you. I've got clients where that's the case. You know, it's God's will or um, change is a constant in the universe. You know, you can say those things to yourself, right? Uh if say like I, you know me, I'm a spiritual person, so I say things like that, but it might not work for you. If saying these kinds of mantras to yourself <clears throat> helps you put things in perspective, then definitely keep doing that. But if you hear those kinds of statements and feel like they're bullshit platitudes, uh, then don't do it. For you, I'd say to ask yourself this, if life is, hap is always happening for me, not to me, what am I learning here? I want you to assume this happened for a reason, whatever it is. It might not be a reason you like, but a reason nonetheless. What can you take away from what happened, right? What can you take away from it? Now, again, there's no blame the victim here, none of that. If, God forbid, your, you know, incest happened when, you know, you were five, right? If you're, God forbid, your father tried to have sex with you when you're five or something, 
I'm not expecting you to go, what did I learn from that? You know, what did I, no, that's craziness, okay? I am talking about as an adult now, you would be asking yourself, where's my meaning now? Like, where am I now? Like this happened, this was horrible. It's like one of the worst things I can imagine happening to someone. I, you know, is this going to ruin the rest of your life? Are you never going to be able to have a healthy sex life or a healthy relationships with people? Are you never going to trust men or all the things? Are you going to pretend it never happened and brush it under the rug and just go on? No, you know, so you need to do the work around it. You need to get some therapy. You need to do the things. This is a major trauma. And what now? Like, how do I make sense of this now? How does it fit into my life now? You know, what, what does it mean to me now? Where, with my, you know, I've talked about it a lot, my addiction, I certainly I never, ever, 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 ever would have wished myself to have been a heroin addict and to have, you know, blown, blown up my life in all the ways I did and all the craziness that followed. And here I am. So what do I make of it now? I don't look back and think, the, oh, it's all great because it brought me here and that's great. No, I don't, I don't think that. I don't. I did some horrible things as an addict that I, it's hard to move on from. It just is. And I still try to make sense of it. I still try to find meaning in my life now. So, uh, it, you know, it could be that if you had, if you had incest, something horrible, that you maybe talk to other people and help them through it. Maybe that's what it's for now. Maybe that's how you deal with it now. I don't know. You know, only you know that part. But I will tell you that when we find meaning in things that have happened to us, when we find uh, not excuses, when we find explanation, but and more than explanations, when we find somewhere to put it that has some value for us, that is how we start to really move on. And, and that's the key. That's really a, a key to resilience. There's a famous Steve Jobs uh, quote from a, I think it's a commencement speech, speech he gave at Stanford years ago, obviously, before he died. And he says, you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backward. So you have to trust that the dots will somehow connect in your future. You have to trust in something, your gut, destiny, life, karma, whatever. And I think that's, the thing, you know, that you've got to find. You, you have to create that somewhere, somehow in your world. Okay. That is, that's it. That is our 250th episode in the can. Oh, I'm going to try not to cry. You know, I tend to cry at the ends of things. I just really want to say, no, I'm going to cry anyway. Thank you so much for being on this beautiful, beautiful ride with me. Thank you for <laughs> all your beautiful words of encouragement, for the incredible emails I get, for the DMs I get. I read, they're all amazing. Some of you don't like things or whatever. I, I don't really need to hear it. You know, I don't know what, you know, I've said it over and over. Like, I'm not going to make apologies for how I do this podcast because it really does click with thousands and thousands of people, tens of thousands of people now, million people now, it, hundreds of thousands of people now, it, it clicks. And if it's not for you, it's not for you. And, you know, 
I know you'll find your thing. Please move on and find it. Don't, don't spend your time here where you're feeling frustrated or something. I'm going to talk during the podcast. I'm going to go off and say things, uh, or, you know, what you might call a tangent, which I just call being part of the love here. Uh, you might not like when I talk too much. Some have called it rambling before. I used to call it rambling, which I'm not anymore. I don't ramble. I just go with where my heart is. And that's not rambling. That's nothing negative. I was being negative about myself. I'm going to stop doing that. It is, you know, this is all love here. This You can decide that I'm, I don't know, whatever you might decide about me. I can't control that and nor am I going to try. I can only be here with love and openness and honesty with all the people that want to be here with me in, the, in that same way. For you, I am here a thousand percent. And whether one day that's only one of you or it continues to be millions of you, I'm going to keep doing it. So thank you. I'm going to have these couple weeks off to just rest and relax and really uh, let some beautiful inspiration continue to come to me. That's how I stay inspired for the, for the podcast. I'm going to continue with the YouTube lives if you want to, again, see those. Right now, they're on Wednesdays again at 1 Pacific. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to do those forever, but for now, I'm really, I, I did one and I really enjoyed it. So I'm going to do some more. And those are Ask Dr. Abby very specifically, specific questions I'm going to answer that I, you know, can't answer here on the podcast because they get too specific. Or um, again, it gets unethical if I get too nitty gritty. So, you know, I try to keep things um, as, as big as possible while still bringing you tons of value. So... I'm committed to you. Thank you for being committed to me. I love you so much. And I'll see you in a few weeks. I'll see you for season six. Thank you for listening to the Relationships Made Easy podcast with wonderful me, Dr. Abby Metcalf. And I've got two quick things to say. Just give me one more minute. First, I love spending this time with you. And I work hard to make sure every single episode is going to help you move from any feelings of frustration or resentment or anxiety to that connected, hopeful, confident. That's always my goal. So if you have any ideas for a future episode or just want to say hi, let me know what the podcast is doing for you. Anything. You can email me at abby at abbymedcalf.com. How simple is that? And the second thing I want to say is if you like the podcast, you're going to go crazy, crazy for my book. My book is really good. I'm really proud of it. You can find it on Amazon or on my website under the shop section on my website at abbymetcalf.com. It's called Be Happily Married, Even If Your Partner Won't Do a Thing. And even if your partner will do a thing, the book will still really help you. So that's it. Thanks again for listening. Talk to you soon. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well. HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. 
Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 